Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the third season of the Holy Fuck Podcast. Wow, we're three years old. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But now you can find us at twogalssoulschool.com and at Two Gals Soul School Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook, where you will find we have transfigured ourselves. <laughs> but once you get there, you will find us as still continuing to be the holy F, formerly known as the Holy Fuck <laughs> Podcast. Why are we doing this, you say? So that we can promote and you can hear more of us and we can get more attention, which we love, right, Krista? <laughs> That's right. We need We're always more running attention. from the law. <laughs> <laughs> We're always running from the law. That's us. Gotten more intense around here in the last few months. So here we are with a new solution. So as you know, when you get there, please subscribe, like, share, and join us for these podcasts as we get ourselves started again. And that is at the twogalssoulschool.com. And you also have the option on our website to make a donation if you have been enjoying all of our episodes and like the entertainment and think we are of value. Send us As some we money. Are. We are some <laughs> value. Right. Let's see some value. That's right. That's right. We're just getting clearer and clearer on our value, aren't we, Krista? And that sure is what are. our show might be about today. So if you're having any thoughts about do you have the value, are you bringing yourself fully to your relationships and partnerships, or are you lagging behind? Yeah, it's like I think what we're talking about today is commitment to self first. It's like the air mask, you know, are, are you standing up for yourself and your needs and your desires first before trying to accommodate somebody else's needs? And of course, we're talking partnership because that's what we like to talk about. That's all we talk about. Sex, yeah. love, and everything <laughs> holy. Yeah. So this is amazing because, um, you know, I think I know a lot about this, and maybe Krista thinks she knows a lot about this stuff because we have a podcast and we're in our third season. But here I am with Mr. Delicious having a conversation that sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes. And here so, I am with Mr. Right Here, Right Now, still right here, right now, and kind of going through the same type of conversation. Yeah, so this so, isn't even about whether you're in like a monogamous relationship, married, dating, play in the field. It's kind of the same no matter what stage of partnership you're in, or type, this, or type, this key value is so important, commitment to self. Yeah, so how it showed up for me this week was, um, well, it's been showing up for quite a long time, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've had a number of conversations over in season two, now that we're in season three. Um, we've had a number of conversations about coming and going and how we feel sexually and betrayals and when we're not fully available and do we self-betray when we're not fully available and how do we deal with this subject of being present and self-honoring. And I think self-honoring takes 
this conversation to the next level because not only is it about us being willing to be ourselves and to say what we need, but what about saying who we are? And I think it's a trickier conversation because it certainly has been with um, Mr. Delicious and I, and we had some hidden things that weren't on the surface and things about who I am that possibly work better with um, analogies or similes than they do (laughs) just trying to explain them. So one of the explanations that I have used and one of the things that I have acquainted Mr. Delicious with is the idea that I'm, it's not like he, how do I want to say this? That being in relationship with me is like being in relationship with something like a Stradivarius violin. It's not like he's gonna be driving the Honda. And uh, even though I just I think if you want to keep the analogy going, (laughs) what about playing tuba? (laughs) Playing tuba, well, or playing a dime store violin. That's what I used to say. I'm not a dime store violin. And here was the coolest part about the whole thing because once I claimed that I actually I am I'm a sensitive person. I just got to say it, and I love beautiful things, and I love beautiful environments, and I create beauty where I go, and that's super important to me, and it looks like roses and jewelry and pretty things, and Mr. Delicious wasn't 100% sure that that was on track for him. And there would be moments, I think, when he was thinking maybe maybe a judgmental thought you or a two. a princess? <laughs> um, no, definitely not a princess. Probably much more up with a queen or, queen. you know, sometimes when we're in the high spiritual states, we'll even claim empress, um, which is just a, a claiming of heaven and earth coming together, not as a, the highest priestess of all. But nonetheless, that doing that, being that is something that needs to be nurtured because it's who I am. I can't fake it. And I have spent quite a bit of my life pretending that those things aren't true for me and doing things that don't work for me particularly. And so the funny part about it, Krista, was when we were playing with it, what I realized was not only does a Stradivarius need to be taken care of and put away well in temperature-controlled environments, (laughs) um, is it also finds itself in environments that are are it needs a maestro. <laughs> well, that was the thing. We came up with the fact that I actually need a maestro, not the third grade third string violin player that was using the dime store violin. And mm. so if that's not what he wanted, this sounds super arrogant now that I'm saying it. So just anybody okay. who's having those judgmental arrogant points, <laughs> just let them go. They can suck it. No, I'm suck. Just <laughs> But what I'm trying to say is that I am sensitive. I'm someone who, like, I have a twin sister who is no longer with us, um, and she was the exact opposite. So she would jump off anything, dive off anything, fly through anything. I was, like, cautious and measured and careful and pretty and, you know, all those things. And We were just totally opposite, my mom said, from the day we were born. So this is not something that I should deny about myself because it's going to keep happening, right? But you've spent years denying it. I have. Um, partly no, I don't know if you've denied it. I think you continued to step into it, but I, it felt more like you could feel everybody's judgment or maybe there was a little shame or something in there for you. What I would say is the first part of my life, which was very masculine and very intellectual, it was not really accepted to be very feminine and very interested in beauty and 
um, diamonds. diamonds and play and roses and things like that. I mean, they were okay, but they weren't, you know, who you are. Unfortunately, they are who right. I am. Um, and I don't mean that from a financially expensive place. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the, those things matter. When I was 10 years old, I was buying jewelry with my allowance. Like, that's mm-hmm. just the kid I was. And real jewelry, because we lived in a place <laughs> where I could afford it. Um, so what, what occurred to me was that I had to have this maestro. And if, number one, if he was judging the Stradivarius as not good, like, not good to be a Stradivarius— Mm-hmm. then he wouldn't be able to play it well enough. And that if he wasn't really attuned to the value of the Stradivarius, he wouldn't practice. <laughs> he wouldn't become the maestro. He'd be thinking, well, It takes ah, a big commitment to practice that It's a that huge much. commitment. <laughs> and, you know, other people have said no thank you <laughs> over the years. And so... What was really powerful about this was we were in a commitment conversation. As you know, we've had kind of an ongoing commitment conversation and an ongoing conversation about our sexuality and how we express. And one of the things that's true is that when I don't feel honored, I don't feel whole. And so there was a way in which that was affecting our sexual relationship because you don't just need acceptance to honor someone and really hold them to for who they are. You need honoring. You need to step into a place where you're like, yes, I'm the maestro. I want to play this violin versus, oh, give it to me. I'll stick it in the closet and I'll play it once a year. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but he was wanting to play more than once a year. And that's kind of where the problem is. Like, well, he was, yeah. one, you know what I mean? Like he was wanting to enjoy the instrument without really having full appreciation for what the instrument was. It's absolutely true. And and he had to come to terms with that. Like, is that actually what he wants? Like, it's not easy to be a maestro, right? It's not easy to have someone who um, requires things that you don't require. He's not like that. But he does love me. And so what, so this is a huge conversation. How does he commit to himself and make sure he's not overriding. And how do I commit to myself and make sure I'm not being ridden over? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to go but somewhere But without him then. having to make you the bad person. Like, right. without having to make you wrong for enjoying the beauty and the diamonds and the roses and all of that. Yeah, and beauty anyway, it's created. So I'm a poet, but we share that. So that's mm-hmm. okay with us. And he's a musician, and I love that. So that's okay with us. But the way it was expressing of like, oh, I would love to have a diamond mm-hmm. is not necessarily the what was okay. And whether he wanted to spend his money way, that way or resources that way, all are questions that have to check back in with his values. Mm-hmm. And he has to be willing to say, oh, this is what I want. And it's not like the universe can't afford these things. The universe can afford anything. As long as you commit to it, the universe can provide it in any way. And I'm not saying, oh my gosh, I have to have this, this, and this, and it has to show up this way. It's that I love these things and I can't be shamed or put down for them anymore. And like you said, well, and yes. It's like, even if he can't provide them for you now or ever, there doesn't have to be a, a shaming of you for wanting them. Those are two different exactly. things. I mean, and, of course, you would love it if he did do those things, but if he didn't, at least if he loved you for loving those things or, you know, um, allowed, just allowed it to be okay. 
Yeah. And and it's, the minute he doesn't allow it to be okay, then your body can't open to him. Exactly. Because you can feel the judgment. Sorry. No, that's fine. No, that's absolutely right. And and the judgment was coming through often because he his value was being shaken up, right? Like mm-hmm. his value was being tested. So you know, was it okay with him that I love those things? Is it okay with him to, anybody can afford roses, right? So that wasn't an issue. But it was, was it okay that I have those things? Like, does he have some shame around that stuff? Right. You know, does he have some shame around what he wants to spend money on? Does he, do I, should I have shame about what I want to spend money on? You know, this is a, a fascinating, fascinating thing. And but it was something people. seems small that was playing into was was making something big out huge. of it. That's it was the so point of this conversation. Huge, like you guys were going through a big relationship partnership challenge. Well, it was coming to an end, is where it was, um, and I have to say it was so sad um, because we couldn't find the place where he could be the maestro and I could be the violin, the Stradivarius. That felt good to either of us. He was mm-hmm. fighting against this feeling like he was being forced, you know, and it's like when somebody makes right. you play the piano, like he's being forced to do that. And he doesn't, it's not a value of his and he doesn't want to. And I'm feeling like I'm being judged and shamed for what I love. And I, I've and you're both done going that. back into that endurance place that we've talked so about. So much. Past. Like when you are, find yourself enduring in a re- partnership. Something's out of balance. And what's so interesting, Krista, and I know you've had your own experiences with this. You'll probably be able to share with us yours, but is this place that you go where you don't see it happening? Like Mm -hmm. when I was waking up in the morning, like, don't touch me. I couldn't tell you what was going on, except some part of me was saying, no, this guy is not my maestro. He's not going to be able to play because he's not playing me in a way that feels good. It wasn't actually what was happening in bed that was a problem. I still found him incredibly attractive and all those things. I just couldn't let him play me, so to speak, because in our everyday right. life, I was being judged for just who I was, who I am. And ultimately, it's not even as trivial as the roses and the diamonds. It's, it's that there's a part of you that makes you you, Exactly. And he wasn't valuing it or loving it or accepting it. And so then we get into, well, if he can't value, love, and accept that and he's going to endure it, how many other things in the relationship is he enduring or not accepting, right? There's, or it just opens up this bigger thing. There's two things that I wanted to say about that, Krista. One is what it was really showing was what he was enduring himself. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he was not fully in acceptance of those things, right? Mm-hmm. He still wasn't ready to leave the partnership. So he was already enduring. So anytime he imagined commitment, it had endurance. <laughs> it was feeling shitty. Yeah. Because he wasn't feeling free because the judgments against himself for not being completely accepting or honoring and and privileged to be my partner. Instead, he was feeling like, God, you know, maybe she'll get over this someday and I won't have to deal with it. And I was like, he can change you. That's that. Like it would even be a good idea. Right. Like my, I could feel myself starting to wilt, you know, back to the rose. Like I said to him one day, I said, if you take a rose camping, have you ever seen what happens? (laughs) I don't think he loved it, but it was true because this is, 
a difference between us. And either we have to like fully honor and accept it and, and bow to the person in front of us, or we have to let go because this sort of, well, acceptance is like the lowest level you'd want somebody to be dealing with you on, right? <laughs> I mean, you really want somebody to honor you and say, oh my God, this right. is your dream is to is to be out loud and be yourself and blossom into the wholeness that you are. And Especially because that's probably what he was originally attracted to. So absolutely. it's the one, the essence of you that initially brought him into your life is now the thing that somehow, you know, was kind of at the pinnacle of, are you going to continue being together or not? You know what I, I just remembered when you said that was the devils in the details. Mm-hmm. When he saw me as this blossoming, beautiful flower, light, radiant energy and flow, that was so cool. But to have to go down to the detail level of, oh, that means uh, she likes roses. She needs flowers. <laughs> and she likes jewelry. And I'm, I'm the provider of those things, or at least I provide honoring that she loves those things, right? right? Like, so there was something about the devil being in the details that I think shows up as commitment starts to get bigger. That, you know. Uh, I can totally feel that with Mr. Right here right now. It's like, you know, for both of us, I can see that my attraction to him is so much in his youthful nature and his courage to go try new things and his ability to travel the world and like live this like as a free spirit. I really love that about him. And then in the deep, like that's his essence. But then in the detail is, oh, he's going to leave for a chunk of time to go travel. (laughs) Ah! Or, you know, sometimes it comes out in like an immature behavior or very childlike. I mean, you're such a child. And it's like, but that's actually the essence of what I I love about him. And then on the flip side, he, you know, really values me for being like in my integrity and grounded and smart and intelligent. And that can also come with a little bit of like stiffness and adherence to rules and kind of <laughs> the opposite of, you know, child, Mr. Here and Now. Free. Exactly. <laughs> so, but it's that, that's what he was really attracted to. Cause if not, he can date. Any 25, 30-year-old hot woman, right? But she's not going to have necessarily the maturity or the brains or they're not going to be me. So he's they're not drawn gonna to you. Not going to be bottom me. Bottom line. Right. But it's coming into acceptance of these are the core values of who I am. And yes, sometimes they're going to be a little irritating if you're not fully committing to your needs and, um, you know, if he were changing his free freedom ways to accommodate me. Oh, deadly. That's when it gets deadly. Yeah. And, and that deadly is a really good word for it. And that's why we see people diminished in partnerships, in relationships, instead of living fully, because there is no reason why we need to be the same. One of the things that I'm experiencing is this massive amount of loving that's underneath what this surface detail stuff is trying to dictate whether is right or wrong. And they're just petty judgments mm-hmm. of it's not okay. But then some of them are not. Some of them clash with our values. Some of them are like, you know what? I really, I really am a free spirit, and I really just want to throw a backpack on my back, and I want to travel the world, and that doesn't fit for you. And so I don't want to be tied down here. I want to be able to fly free. 
And that's not saying I'm trying to get rid of you. It's just, it's just doesn't work. It doesn't fit together. And that's the great thing that you just said. It, it's not personal against me. No. So like him going in the world and being free has nothing to do with how he feels about me. It doesn't change the nature of our loving. Right. It's him honoring, committing to himself and what makes him happy. And the minute he changes that to accommodate me, we're done. Yeah. Because then he's a dimmer version of himself. And then I think what would actually happen is there's a part of me that wouldn't respect him. Oh, I'm very sure. I'm very <laughs> sure that's true because, you know, the, all those dynamics are set up and we want each other to be able to hold steady. We want each other. We want to, like women, we love to push against men. We love to like be the mountain, be the banks of my river, hold me tight so I can be kind of wild and free in a way that is very important for us, for our creativity and for feeling like a woman so that we can settle and we can rest and we can do all that, right? So that would be pretending not to need that would be a very basic way in which a woman would give up what she needs. But we can't, we go against that when we go, oh, come on, please come home from work and just give me, you know, early and do this thing. Like when we pull at them to do things that we want them to do, it go. It's the opposite of them holding the banks. Like well, if they come and do it, like if they're saying, "I cannot leave work. I have to do this," right? And we make them. There's a part that for that one moment we feel loved, like, "Oh, they're so sweet. They did what it, you know. They came and fulfilled my need." But the repercussion of that is, we he was he wasn't strong enough. I was able to. I'm able to manipulate that person. And you then never want that. No, because then I view my man as weak or not the banks or can't hold his ground. Right. And holding ground is really important. And I think, you know, because we have within us those dynamics of the masculine and feminine always at play, and we never know, you know, which one's sort of dominant in this moment and we're playing with it, we all need to know. He needs to know that I'm not going to give up on myself. What kind of partner would I be if I pretended that I was going to be okay in a partnership that never cared for my love of beauty? What mm. what kind of partner would I be? I would be depressed, diminished. I would not be the woman he met who had been giving to herself, you know, um, freely at the point he met me. So I was blossoming and I was radiant and fun and. But light. we do that. We we meet these two radiant people and we come together. And then if like, and I, I'm you know I'm in the beginning stages here of we've been dating now for five months. So it's like we've had the initial blossom. And now we're in the kind of chipping away <laughs> a little bit like, well, I need to set this boundary and I need to set this boundary. In. And and I'm noticing that I, I can, I'm pretty secure in saying this. This is the first relationship I've been in where we're both setting boundaries, but I don't see either one of us giving up something that we need. Or not consistently. Like, we give it up and then we catch ourselves giving it up, I think is right. is something that has happened with you guys. And I think that's what, what um, whoo, almost said Mr. Delicious's name. <laughs> I think that's what we, it's going to happen again, have been grappling with is, is can we honor without sacrifice the other person's essential beingness like it's it's my personal self it's not my divine self my divine self is like the same as you we're love mm-hmm. we're peace we're love you know light da 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 but my personal self is the 
aggregation of all this. It's the snowflake I am, right? It's the thing that's unique about me. There's no other one. And if Mm. you don't want to be choosing to honor that one snowflake, like, don't. Don't bring it here, you know, and honor each other. (laughs) Honor each other by not pretending. Because the judgments and the diminishment that happens to both people, if, if he doesn't want to be a maestro, number one, he shouldn't be. And if he doesn't want me what to, will happen is resentment, resentment, yeah. resentment. It just keeps building. If he doesn't want me to be a Stradivarius, he has something against that. He shouldn't be here. You know, that because judgment kills love, right? It, it closes the door and it makes it so it can't exist. But we also can't fake it that we're okay with something we're not okay with. There are deal breakers. Remember, the fake when we're faking it, it's like the faking it comes from the ultimate fear of losing it. Yes. But the minute you're faking it, you've already lost it. Be- exactly, because you no longer are in the place of honesty and truth and authenticity that creates the loving, that creates the space for the loving to happen. Mm-hmm. So... When you choose a partner, for instance, Krista, um, I know there are parts of you that would prefer that Mr. Here and Now had a little bit more, I, That the story was that you would prefer that he was a little more here and now with a longer term mm-hmm. <laughs> choice of, <laughs> of uh, expressing himself in a more long term way with you. Mm-hmm. And yet, do we really know that would be best for you? Like, you're really thriving. You're really happy. I'm, and that's, yes, I'm really thriving right now. And so this is that interesting thing of sometimes we get what we need and what not what we Get what, that, we need, not what we need, but want. not what we want. Like, I'm getting what I need right now with him because, because I am happy and I am joyful. And there is this part that I'm questioning, but I'm also learning a lot about what it feels like to be happy in the moment and claiming that and then claiming it again in the next minute and in the next minute. And I've noticed that I have this tendency to go way out into the future, right? So when I want him to commit to this long-term future, it's like the reality is no one can commit to a year from now. Like I could have made commitments to somebody in January, but then COVID happened. And it's changed the entire world. So I might not be able to fulfill on all the commitments I've made due to something I wasn't expecting to happen. Right. So it's the same thing in relationship. And so the, what's been happening with Mr. Right Here Right Now is that I found myself picking at him and come, like bringing up parts of his personality that I didn't enjoy. And... This kind of goes along with what you're saying, because it's like I needed to find my way back to loving the whole essence of him, and I was getting caught up in these little behaviors. And after I brought up about three things over the course of about three days, he looked at me and he was like, is this what it's really about? Are these things really what you're upset about? And at first I was like, yeah, that's what I'm upset about, and of course that is. Why would I say it if if it wasn't what it was? And then after a couple of days, I realized, ah, I'm having this feeling of like I'm investing my time in somebody and I don't I don't know if it's a good investment because yeah. he hasn't said, oh, it's long-term or it's for the next three months. Or it's like, I don't know what I'm investing in. 
And that was where I realized that's why I'm uncomfortable and that's why I'm starting. The things I was picking at about were really these feelings of not feeling valued in his life or little moments where I felt like he chose something else over me. Yeah. And it's like, even though he's showing up every day and choosing me and choosing me and choosing me was in so many beautiful ways, I was picking on these two, three little things where I felt like he was saying he didn't choose me. And that just wasn't the truth. But what it was unearthing was the part inside of me that felt like, I don't know where we stand. I don't really know what I'm committing to. I don't know if he knows what he's committing to. And it was, it felt like not, I didn't feel safe and secure. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and especially when you're working with someone who wants a very free life, to sit there and have a conversation about security and safety and, you know, the container, it's almost like complete opposites. Yeah. So I was like, it felt scary to then bring the conversation up because then I felt like I was pushing him away quicker. Yes. And there was a part yeah. of me that wanted to be the cool girlfriend and just let him be free and let him feel like he was free, even though inside I was suffering over it. Yes. And that's and the so, danger point, right? That's where that it is. And that was the danger part because I was pretending I was okay with something when I wasn't feeling okay. And what was happening is instead of saying it didn't feel okay, I was doing the picking at the behaviors and it was creating, uh, it wasn't creating a very nice feeling between the well, two of us. You were, so when we know, that the second you're judging someone, you leave the field, you leave the loving, you cannot create love from a place of picking on someone. So you might as well just accept that you're not doing it. Okay, I'm not creating loving right now. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing something else. I'm busy judging you so that I can get my needs met because I don't feel like I'm getting them met. So time to talk. Yeah, but and, and what things, was really... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, one of the things that we stumbled across, I think, as we've both been exploring this is that yeah, and you started to touch on it, right? It was like, you don't know what's going to happen. So what can you commit to? What you can absolutely commit to is being true to yourself, right? And the thing mm -hmm. that Mr. Um, Mr. Delicious and I uh, really came on to very strongly, and it was really a, a growth moment, was this idea that if we could commit to ourselves fully and know the love we have for each other, that I would never give myself up first, right? Mm -hmm. That's my first commitment. And that I would never stop loving him as my second commitment. So the minute I start judging him, I've broken my commitment to never stop loving him. And if for some reason the format, like, for so many reasons, we might decide that we don't want to be, um, well, let's just, let's just say I became paraplegic and I was no longer available for sex. What would happen? You know, what is, the, I think the question that was, um, that this came in on my side was, what does till death do us part mean? Mm -hmm. And the answer I had was, well, first of all, I don't have a death thing, so I believe in mm -hmm. eternity. So I would just say, till eternity, <laughs> we were never part. But I would say that's where my commitment and my clarity about, oh, I will always love you. And it doesn't mean that the form of this partnership would stay the same. So if I were suddenly not able to be sexual, and my partner still was a sexual being, 
I wouldn't limit that person's access to what they need and what makes them flourish and be radiant and be full of life. And we would still love each other. So we would do this with such love and such kindness. We would stay partners in loving. And that's Just what, the form of love changes. So the commitment is so much freer, right? So the commitment is to myself, which that's easy. It's always me that I want to be committed to. And then the second one is committed to the loving, so the truth about everything that's going on and what you need and what I need at the same moment. So rather than committing to a specific form, you're really, and that doesn't mean that we won't commit to a specific form, but rather than making that be your first commitment, how brilliant is it to commit to love? And I think that's what Mr. Right Here, Right Now and I, that's where the conversation led to. It's like, he's going to be, he wants to live very free. And I, and I actually have a lot of myself that wants to live free too. But it was, it was this moment of realizing that he's been very honest with who he is. And what I realized his fear was, is that somehow in the end I was going to get hurt mm. and then he was going to become the bad guy. You were going to hate played him for that, it. Yeah, and I was going to hate him for it. Even though he was up front and saying who he is all along and giving me many opportunities to walk away and to go do something else, he was, he was actually afraid of investing in me if I was going, right. if you know, if he ended up being with someone else at some time and then I ended up hating him or not loving him anymore. So... What I realized is that, oh, I just need to share with him what my needs are and then what my commitment is to him. And what I came up with is I want to be fully, fully, fully committed to him and him to me in this time that we're spending together for today, tomorrow, until the day comes where one of us needs to make another choice. And it could just as well be me who decides I need a different type of relationship. Right. And so what I said to him is, in order for me to be his girlfriend right now and his partner, I need to know that it's, that it's okay for me to fully love him and for me to fully express myself and for him to fully express himself to me. And that if he decides that he needs something different a month from now, 10 years from now, I committed to not hating him, not making him the bad guy, not making him my enemy to continue to love him. So and it's like when I no, sorry, when I said that to him it was like I could see his breath kind of release. It was like exactly what he needed to hear in order to really love me. Yeah, it's like you it's freedom is a funny thing, right? We think that We understand it and we know what it is. But here it is. It's like we both have to be safe and choosing what we want, what our values are, what we want, what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And be able to choose to give the other person what they want and need, to really honor them by saying, you know, you're the one. Like, you do this. This is you. You are this beautiful flower or you are this, you know, steady stream or you're whatever you are. And I honor that. And if I can't honor it, I won't be here. 
But right now I'm here because I honor it and I want to. I want to choose right. to honor you because I want you to blossom. If I were he's to dishonor committed you, to being himself, so he's strong, and I'm committing to being myself, so I'm strong. And that could end, like we may need something completely different in a couple of weeks. But the thing that we're committing to is not allowing the love to dissolve. It means our form might change. Like I, what I said to him is, I can't commit that I won't be upset. Or I can't commit that that won't hurt my feelings if and when that happens. And vice versa. He's like, yeah, it will hurt like hell if you're, you know, go and you're with someone else. So it's not that we won't be hurt by it, but we're committing to not allowing that to make the other person a bad person. Right. So so that you're still human and you're still allowed to have an experience of loss if something should shift. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens, that's going to happen. And your commitment is so deep underneath that, and this is where I feel like we've landed too, is, but we're not going to buy the story that we're the victim of this. We are creating this. We're creating it from a place of honesty and visibility, and we're sharing it, and we know what it means, and we know what it sounds like, and I'm choosing to be me, and you know, I'm I'm the violin, the Stradivarius, and he gets to choose to be the maestro because that's what it takes, or not. And then I get to choose to nurture him in the ways that he needs to be cared for because I want to, even when they're different than me. I'm an extrovert. I do not need tons of time to myself. Uh, you know, some people have been was- having a great couple months because they've gotten a ton of time to themselves. But you know, he, there are ways in which. Time and space are very different for him. And honoring that and claiming my, I can be okay with this and, you know, taking my time by myself and allowing, and it feeds me. It feeds me to give him what he needs. I get fed in that process. And we come back together fresh and alive. Mm. But if we had any judgments going on, like you said, we would have given up on our commitment to be loving. Because that's the and first that's, I think, you know, what happened in my marriage. It's like, in the marriage, I had the container, I had the commitment, I had the, you know, relationship that was going to— You had a I, commitment. A commitment. It came in a form that I thought I wanted, and yet so much of it, I know we were both enduring. Indeed. And so—and it didn't work out, and it didn't, it didn't have the lightness and the joy and the fun that I'm experiencing right now. So although this form is different in what I'm experiencing now, the honesty and the commitment to self and the the healthy boundaries and the way we're honoring each other for exactly who we are and not trying to change the other person, it feels like it has so much more chance for, quote-unquote, success. Well, it is successful because you're loving each other. Yes, that's, I mean, every day you get to say, this is successful because we're choosing loving. When we, when we get shaky because something disturbs the field, we get back in and we talk about it and we create it again. So you're actually creating what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. And whether it's going to last a long time or a short time, we never know. And who cares? It's like, say I, you know, we get one more month out of this relationship and I get to look back and go, wow, I just had six months of the most incredible relationship and communication and fun and loving of my life. Like, yeah. why is that all of a sudden bad because, or why do I have to throw all that away 
because the form changes or we go and make a different decision. Now, I'm saying that now because I haven't gotten right. to that next phase yet. <laughs> and But I'm. it's almost like I'm telling myself, like, I'm reminding myself, like, I'm happy. I've had a great time. And right. it might change. And knowing that I'll do, the, I'll recreate this again and again and again. Right. Because when you're, when you're not suffering, when you're not shut down, when you're not closed off and pretending that you're at the effect of this other person, your light just keeps shining. And if someone moves on, there'll be another place or another thing or another avenue that you're meant to be paying attention to. And right. our lives will continue to flourish. And this is the role of trust. And often what happens is we end up in these in these relationships out of fear that this is the last person on earth or the last right. opportunity I'm going to have. And instead of the beauty and the joy bubbling up through the loving, it starts to crush with a weight. Like gripping and clawing and tightening. And, you know, I have this tiny little thing I would love to bring up about what you were saying about your marriage. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So one of the things I remember, (laughs) yeah, right. Um, But one of the things I remembered and one of the recent -er conversations at the end of season two was that there was a really big revelation by your ex about how he was holding the relationship even as you got married. So his commitment was essentially to endurance. Yes. Rather than to loving. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all saying, please don't do that. You're referring to him saying that he knew, kind of like walking down the aisle, that it was a mistake. Yeah. And hey, how did he know it was a mistake was simply that he thought it was a mistake. And right. then it came true that it was a mistake because mm-hmm. that's how we do things. You know, and, and we know we're at cause in our world. So something was off for him. And instead of honoring himself, maybe it could have been cleared up. Maybe it wasn't really that it was off, but the thought that it was off that was showing up needed to be talked through right? and held sure. by both of you. And you needed to even know that your partner was thinking this way as you're walking down the aisle. I didn't know that the entire, I mean, I didn't hear that until after we had been separated for five years. So it's 20 years of not knowing a piece of information. You know, it's a long time for him to endure, and it's a long time for me to endure something that I didn't even know was there. But I can sense something's off. I can sense something's wrong. Well, because you cannot flourish, and you cannot—I mean, we all flourish to a certain degree because we kind of put away the judgments, and we move them to the side, and we live, right? But when something's really going to flourish and blossom, if someone is holding you in the place of grace, like, I want to see this blossom in you. This is where, you know, you have the magnification of two consciousness with the divine coming together and having it just be like, whoosh, just takes you to the stars. And I know you guys are having that experience right now. And I know Mr. Delicious and I get to have that experience right now too, which is so fun. And I'm, I'm just really honoring that these are big lessons to learn. And we're sharing our stories with you guys, because we know all of you are working through these very same things in your partnerships. And there's so much choice out there right now. It doesn't look like it ever looked before. Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself solid and strong and know you're in the right place is by are you being honored and are you honoring yourself? And those are your first two commitments. And after that, is it safe to like, do you feel safe in saying who you are with your partner? Because that's like, absolutely in the past. My past relationship, I didn't feel safe to say all these things because it kind of got turned back around on me. 
So that was a good indicator of, oh, that's a relationship that I need to leave. It's not that things don't come up right now between Mr. Right Here, Right Now. It's just that when I bring them up, it's not like, oh, well, you should go heal that. It's, you know, how, what can I do to make that better? Or how can I honor that for you? How can I I support you in doing what you need to do to make that better? Right. Right. So that's like, that's how I know, like, oh, this is a relationship worth investing in because I can be 100% honest with how I feel and it, it doesn't get, I don't become, like, it doesn't get demonized or I don't become, right. you know, you're not judged. the crazy one. <laughs> I'm not and, judged. And I do think, and I want to say this one last time, there's a heck of a big difference between not judged and honored. Yes. Like tolerated, accepted, like honored. And the partner, your partner thinks it's a privilege to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's the chocolate. That's special. That is. That's chocolate the chocolate. Sauce. it's the chocolate so we love you all and I hope we hope you're all coming into your own with your own power and your own self-love with your partners and committing to yourself first committing to yourself first and committing to being there with your partners if you're going to be there honor them and committing to us third listening to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's right who are we again (laughs) two gals soul school or Two Gals Soul School podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please like us, share us, subscribe, donate, do whatever you do well. To support the message. And spread the love. Spread the love. Bye. Bye.